I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey friends, welcome to episode 39 of Finding the Floor. Today we're going to talk a little bit about self-love through keeping commitments to ourselves. And before I get into the topic, I just wanted to share two things. First of all, I had a good birthday and I did pretty well. Had some emotional moments, not like celebrating with my mom for the first time. Uh, The other thing I think is funny is our kids started back to the hybrid model. They did that a little bit in like the second quarter of the school, but I feel like it was maybe six weeks and then Thanksgiving hit. So we had our first week last week and they went two days a week so last Monday on February 1st the night before we're like okay you guys we have to like you know get ready like tomorrow morning we gotta go to bed early and we gotta like be ready so pack your bags and charge everything and charge your laptops and iPads and then just find your shoes. And we had a great morning. Everyone was excited to get up and just kind of do something different. And their days are shorter because at least elementary and middle school days, they don't have lunch. They're not feeding them lunch and not recess. So they have just like four hours and then they come home. So it's a shorter day. And so we do all this we have a great morning and they come home and that night right before prayer we're just kind of going over the day and we're just like you guys everyone did such a great job this morning and then we're just like and we used to do that every day (laughs) seriously you guys every day And now it's like, oh my gosh, okay, we've got to like get ready for school two days a week. My stamina is not quite the same anymore. And it's funny, I wake up and then last Thursday I woke up and I was like, oh, like we have to do something different today. (laughs) Like they have to be somewhere. So it's just funny. But then we go into this week and they only have one day of in-person school due to like the school system getting vaccines and then it goes into like president's day (laughs) and then they only have one day the following week so we're getting pretty good at going to school like one day a week we can handle getting up and getting ready and it's actually kind of (laughs) nice because all the other days you're like okay everyone just roll out of bed and turn on your computer. (laughs) 
But isn't it funny how like literally we all did this every single day, the crazy morning. And when my kids were in seminary and in person seminary, they would leave at like 530 in the morning. So either me or my husband would be getting up with them at 530 in the morning, they would get off. And then if I had a middle schooler, they would get off and have to get on the bus like 730. And then with the elementary school kids, they would get on the bus a little bit after eight. So your morning lasted for like three hours. And you'd have to make lunches and there was stuff after school. It was just so busy. You guys remember that? (laughs) Remember those days? And my kids were like, what? We used to do this every day. Oh my gosh, that seems like five years ago. (laughs) And it's almost been a year. Isn't that crazy? In about a month, we've been doing this all for a year. Okay, so that's my little aside about how we're getting a little bit back into in-person. So that's been fun. Something different. So for the month of February, I thought it'd be good to explore this idea of self-love and what that actually means. And because I hear that a lot, like, do you love yourself? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, duh, like I love myself. And then you're like, that person is totally self-absorbed. And so what is the difference between like being completely absorbed and loving yourself? So I'm not really exploring that. So I don't know why I mentioned it, but um, that I, I'm going to talk a little about the definition I found and then I'm going to just kind of talk about one thing because I found these two articles that were really helpful and I've just heard this a lot also in some of my coaching calls like, well, do you love yourself? And I hear some of these cute women just like crying and saying they don't. And if you're in that spot where you're like, I don't know if I love myself, I'm hoping that this might just be um, a little way to begin. And if you do, this is also something just like to help you continue on. So it's for hopefully everybody. All right. Okay. So I found this article from psychologytoday.com. And I just love this quote they had about self-love. So in it, and I'll link to all these quotes and articles that I mentioned today on my website show notes, okay? So self-love is not simply a state of feeling good. It is a state of appreciation for oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Self-love is dynamic It grows through action that matures us. When we act in ways that expand self-love in us, we begin to accept much better our weaknesses as well as our strengths, have less need to explain away our shortcomings, have compassion for ourselves as human beings struggling to find personal meaning, are more centered in our life purpose and values, and expect living fulfillment through our own efforts. Isn't that a great definition? 
I just loved all of that. So I read it again, but it's kind of long. But one thing I just loved about it is what self-love is dynamic and it grows through action. So, so that you begin to look at yourself and all of yourself seeing your weaknesses and strengths and kind of just being like, yeah, that's, I love all of it. And then I also love just at the end, expect living fulfillment through your own efforts. Okay. So then I found this article and I found some good things on this website from happify.com. And in it, it was a list of 10 signs you really love yourself. (laughs) So, and I just thought these were all really good. I'm going to address a couple of these for the next couple weeks in February. Okay. So number one, it says surround yourself with healthy relationships. Two, take care of yourself. Meditation, health, all that stuff. Three, stop comparisons. Four, you're not worried about what other people think. Five, you have positive self-talk. Six, you go after what you want. Seven, you are comfortable spending time with yourself and you look forward to it. Eight, you're grateful. Nine, you're happy when others achieve things. And 10, you put positive energy out there. Okay, so... Like I said, for the rest of this month, I'm going to talk about a few things that I had thought about and then they were on this list. So I thought that's a little bit of backup to what I have been thinking kind of helps you develop more love for yourself. All right. And today I'm going to explore number six, which talks about going after what you want. And with that, I'm just kind of going to add, as you go after what you want, that you have learned to keep your commitments to yourself. Because what I have really found is that as you accomplish goals and learn like to go after what you want, but as you're doing that, keeping commitments to yourself develops more self-love and trust with yourself. So it was interesting as I talk about this idea of keeping commitments to yourself that I just happened to be listening to this podcast. Um, It's called All In. It's an LDS Living podcast. And the guest was Randall Wright. And I had no idea who this guy was. I think I wasn't intrigued by his story or something. But it was interesting because I was thinking about this and not realizing that this was going to apply. Okay, so... Randall Wright says a story to the host, who's Morgan Jones, and he says, what would you do if your friend said to you that she was in town for the week and would love to meet up for dinner? So you make arrangements to meet up and you show up and your friend doesn't. So you call your friend and she says she was feeling too tired and could you meet again the next night? So you're like, okay. You meet up again at the restaurant the next night and again, your friend does not show up. You call her again and she gives another reason and says for sure she'll be there the next night and she's only got a few more days in town. So you again rearrange your schedule. You show up that night for dinner and she doesn't show up. So then the 
guest, Randall Wright, says to Morgan Jones, who is the host, what would you think of this friend? And she says, well, I probably wouldn't trust the friend to show up anymore. And he said, well, you already like this friend, so you know you like her, but what's happening? And she says, well, I just can't trust her to show up, so I don't know. I can't really count on her. And then he says, you know, we would never put up with this with our friends, and yet we do this to ourselves all the time. He says, whether we want to set goals to exercise or to get up early or whatever it is, we say to ourselves that we're going to do certain things and then we don't do them. And it gets to the point where we start not showing up for ourselves and eventually that can have some damaging effects on how we see ourselves. So I didn't realize that this can really affect us in such a way, um, this idea of not keeping commitments to ourselves. And I think that as you strive to accomplish goals, like accomplishing things is super important, but it it really helps you as you follow through that you kind of see your own potential as well. And then just begin to trust yourself and what you kind of say to yourself. So I just thought that was really interesting. So one thing um, I have learned is from the fly lady. And I think I've mentioned her before. And many of you may like get her emails or you may not. But so she pretty much tries to help anybody start developing habits to like have a cleaner house. What I love about her is The fly lady stands for finally loving yourself. And what she does is like, as you learn to take care of your home, you're showing love to yourself. Okay. And she kind of develops cleaning habits, which she says we stop living in chaos. What she says is can't have anyone over syndrome. She motivates you. She sends a tons of emails and... One thing I've really gotten from her is like perfectionism really gets in our way. This idea of like we have to be perfect. And I I really have never thought of myself as a perfectionist because like I'm so kind of laid back in a lot of things. And when, you know, I've just never really thought of myself that way. And but it's like different. So Sometimes she's saying perfectionism will show up in ways like, well, if I can't do it all at once, then I'm never going to start. Or if I can't do it right, then why should I even begin? And so she even has this saying like, even if you clean wrong, it still blesses your house because you're still trying to clean, quote unquote, wrong. But the other thing she really emphasizes is as you start to get into building habits, you start with little baby steps. Something that you can for sure do since it's sort of a perfectionist thing to want to have everything done tomorrow. And if it's not done tomorrow, then I'm not even going to try. Which it's sort of like this all or nothing mentality. 
And so when we have this, like, it has to all be done, we feel overwhelmed, then we don't even want to start. Okay? So if you're struggling to figure out why you can't start something, you may have, like, this idea that, well, it's not going to be perfect, so why do I need to begin? I just found that really interesting um, personally for me because I didn't ever think of myself as a perfectionist. And then the other thing that I've been learning from some of the coaching calls I've had through like the Jody Moore life coach stuff is that they always suggest if there's someone struggling to follow through on something that they've kind of said to themselves they want to do, that they say, well, you just begin with something really dumb easy. So then you begin to build your confidence with something just really little. And once you slowly do that, then you slowly build up your confidence in yourself. Okay. So I will share with you um, one thing that I did. Okay. So as I mentioned before, like the fly lady sends out like a ton of emails like every day. And I've really never taken off on the whole program. But there was one habit that I really wanted to start doing more. Like I personally did. And that seems so simple, but I just wanted to start making my bed regularly. (laughs) And I love my bed. It's like my favorite place. And I would make it sometimes, but it wasn't always consistent. And so again, thinking back to what the fly lady was saying, it doesn't have to be perfect. I needed to start somewhere. If I wanted to build this habit, I just needed to do it. So I started by saying, well, how about I just start making my bed really poorly every day? And then even if I missed a day, the whole perfectionism thing is like, oh, I missed a day, then I should just give up. So I dropped that and I was like, okay, I'm just literally going to try to just move my sheets up and call it good. And so I started doing this habit and it didn't have to be perfect. And I would just pull up the covers and I was good because I was beginning somewhere. Now I have been doing this, making my bed regularly every day. There have been a few days where I've missed and that's totally fine. And now I look forward to having my bed made. So I found out by just taking some baby steps like, okay, well, I'm just going to like move my covers at least up. (laughs) Like just starting with something simple that I knew I could do, then it slowly showed that, oh, this is really not that hard and making your bed. I look forward to that now. And I really have started making my bed look really nice. So that is so much fun too. So that story about making my bed and I've been thinking about goals that I've had before and when I've not followed through and when I have followed through, it reminds me kind of going back to the podcast about um, like what kind of mom you want to be and you get to decide. And it is important that you decide. 
And I feel like with your goals and keeping these commitments to yourself that you need to really make the choice that it's something that you personally want. There are so many things out there, so many books, so many things that even for self-help and personal improvement that says, okay, you should do this. You should exercise three to five times a week. You should write in your journal every day. Even I have given you a suggestion to start a, you know, a gratitude journal, but you have got to actually want to do some of these things, okay? And I feel like that is the key to also really accomplishing the goals and keeping the commitments to yourself because you're deciding to do it yourself and not because of a should, okay? So I have been listening to this book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie, and there's so many really great things about this book. But one thing that I really like is that she says, shoulds are not good. Because when we say something should be a certain way, she says, then we're not living in reality. I also found this great article titled The Problem with Shoulds. Stop beating yourself up with this one trick by Tad Lusk. And he says in this article, this might sound strange, but when you're saying should or shouldn't, whether aimed at yourself or others, you're denying the present reality. The fact is you are, they are, and it is, regardless of what you prefer. Thinking something should be different is fruitless if you're not proposing a way to change it. Okay, and in this article, he says to change shoulds, so if you're thinking should, to either a could or I would like to. And then he goes on to say, but when we acknowledge that something could be better or you would like it to be different, It opens the door to thinking more constructively about how to change it rather than just beating yourself up. Okay, so I know back in my intro, I I think it's kind of the blessing of as you get older, you're just kind of getting tired of like things should be this way. And you're like, things are just this. They are. And I think as you see in this quote that I really love, if you even just start changing the wording and stop saying should and saying something, well, okay, I could maybe make my bed every day or move it to, I would like to make my bed every day. And then with that wording in your head, you're not like discounting what is actually going on. And then you see where you are and then you can move on from there. Okay, when you figure out what you really want to do, you also need to understand the why. Because I think that is going to help you. If this is something you decide, not it's not a should, no one's telling you you need to do this, you decide. You take that ownership And even like when I decided I wanted to make my bed, it was more like I was just curious, like, could I do this? You know, that curiosity and like, okay, I even want to do this now. 
Like it went from curious, like, could I make my bed every day? Let's just see. And then now it's like, I want to. And then I understood really the why was I just wanted to develop that habit. So I remember by when I was reading the book, um, Girl Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis, one of her chapters, it really talks about the why needs to be important because the why gets you through, especially some of the big goals. Um, why do you want to do this? And just really understanding the why. And I don't think I talked a lot about that in the episode. There are so many different like self-help books and people helping you because this is what they've learned and you should try this. So you can do your research and then you get to decide. And I don't even think it needs to be something super deep, like the why. Like honestly, making my bed, I just wanted my bedroom to look nice. That's why. (laughs) And I wanted to see if I could just be better at simply making that habit. So I began with curiosity. I had heard so many people talking about the importance of making your bed. I even remember, I don't know if this was five or six years ago, I was at BYU's Women Conference and someone was giving a talk and they shared an excerpt from this U.S. Admiral William H. McRaven. And this is a pretty... um famous commencement speech he gave at uh, University of Texas. And he just talked about the importance of making your bed. And I even, as I was like remembering this, I went back and like listened to the whole speech. So I'm going to have that just as an aside (laughs) uh, in my show notes because it's so good. Like the whole talk is really good. It talks really about like, how do you change the world And he just starts and he says this great quote. He says, if you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made. And a bed made gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. So good. So I remember hearing that talk and... That is when I honestly just got curious. Will making my bed really make a difference? Will it really feel like I'm accomplishing a task and then I'll do more? And I don't even know if my motivation, like if it's really made that big a difference, like I'm out changing the world, but my motivation to do this, I had heard a lot of all these great things about (laughs) making your bed and I'm now just had a birthday and I'm 46. (laughs) Guys, I'm getting this together. And that it's a good habit. So I began again with curiosity. I wanted to try to keep this commitment or this goal that I had, just this little tiny goal to make my bed 
But what I found is it not only helped strengthen this idea of, yes, I can do this. It also began to build my trust and strength within myself, which I think is the most important, right? That sense of pride that we can accomplish something and then that can propel us on to bigger things, okay? All right, so what is your goal, right? What is it you want to do? Or what is it that you've been wanting to do and you just can't get yourself started? Like you're just like, oh, I've been wanting to like work out or get up earlier or whatever it is. There, I mean, there's so many things. So what I have loved as I've heard this idea from a few of the life coaches that I've listened to um, is that when you have something you really want to do and are having a hard time accomplishing it, you need to start by taking the task into something so simple and making it so, I've heard one of them say, so dumb, stupid and easy to begin that you are for sure going to accomplish that task. That is your baseline, okay? So for instance, like for my bed, my baseline was just a sloppy make your bed. And then I know, for example, one of the life coach talked about she wanted to start walking every day. So she knew that she for sure could walk a mile every day. And that was her baseline. And that she would for sure always get a mile. And she said there was some mornings where she walked longer and now she's walking longer. But she always keeps the baseline commitment of one mile. And for me, like with my bed, if I had a busy morning, even if I just moved my covers up, I'm still keeping to that baseline of I just had to make it poorly. It's okay. Like I still did it. For instance, I know for me, the one thing I've been really wanting to do and not really being consistent with it is I want to start getting in a better habit of just decluttering and getting rid of things because after... 22 years of marriage, you get a lot of stuff. And I'll go through purges like big ones if I'm cleaning out a room or stuff like that. But I just thought I wanted to get in a better habit of decluttering regularly. So going by this thing, this idea of I just need to be something, do something so easy that my brain's not going to be like, oh, we don't feel like doing that. So I thought, well, I could for sure declutter once a week for 15 minutes. And now I know there's like all types of suggestions on how much you should declutter and I'm not going to worry about that. So I have decided to look within me and decide, okay, this is something I actually really want because I want my home to be cleared out a little bit and there's just a lot of stuff that we don't use and that I just wanted to start developing this habit. So 15 minutes a week seems like not very much, but I know for sure that I can do that. So I have actually set aside, I decided to pick a day that I would for sure do this. And I just, this week, I made sure to 
put it on my calendar because I remember also one of the things in Girl Stop Apologizing is that she says to make sure you set aside time. If you have something you really want to do, you put it on your calendar and set aside time. So now every Friday, I think it's like at 1.30, it's set aside that I'm going to declutter for 15 minutes. And that's all I'm going to work on for now. And once I start doing that and start feeling good, then I might start either adding more minutes just once a week or I might adding more days. And that's the whole point of the whole like baseline. So you're slowly keeping commitments to yourself, but the commitments are really, really small to begin with, especially when you're struggling with something that you want to do. Just make it easy and then... You, may, you take these tiny little steps to accomplish it. And that reminds me of a scripture from the Book of Mormon. In Alma 37, 6 through 7, it says, Now ye suppose that this is foolishness in me, but behold, I say unto you that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And small means in many instances doth confound the wise. And the Lord God doth work by means to bring about this great and eternal purposes. And by very small means, the Lord doth confound the wise and bringeth about the salvation of many souls. So if God works by small and simple means, then we can do the same thing too. Just to finish up, I have to be honest, I have one more little thing to add to my keeping your commitments, okay? Now, in Admiral McRaven's talk, he says like when he was in the barracks, they the first thing they had to do in the morning was make their bed and they had to make it perfectly. So I wanted to make my whole making my bed thing my own. I want to do this thing and I decided that I was going to do it on my own terms. So I first began with like, I'm just going to make my bed poorly. But then my other thing was that I'm not going to, I'm not making it right when I wake up or right after I wake up. So I decided I'm going to, I just get... I get help the kids get ready for the day if we're going to school, <laughs> which is not very often. And um, and then I usually get a workout in and get ready for the day. And then I come back in and I make my bed. So I made it my own. So when you get suggestions like from me or, you know, as learning to keep commitments to yourself, you need to also strive to somehow make it your own. Like when you say to yourself, I'm choosing to do this because it's what I want to do. And then I'm doing it in this way because that works with who I am, my personality, my lifestyle, and how I am living right now. So this is some type of thing I want to do. I'm breaking it down so it's super easy for me to follow through on this commitment. And then I'm adding that one thing that it really is kind of like my own twist on it. 
And for me, that was like, okay, I'm not making my bed first thing in the morning. My bed gets made after I'm all ready for the day, whenever that is. Okay, you guys, I hope this has been helpful. And I've just been fascinated with this idea that as we, you know, keep commitments to ourselves, that we develop this confidence and trust and love for ourselves. And who doesn't want that? So I think the other thing that is interesting as I've learned more about this is that I'm more mindful of things that I'm promising myself that I will do and that I'm also more realistic. So that helps me also follow through, which in turn helps continue to build my trust and love for myself. So remember, the idea of keeping commitments to yourself begins with making it super easy to build your confidence and then working up from there because as you build your confidence, you'll grow and grow with those simple things. Just like God works by small and simple means and we can do the same thing. Okay, friends, what have you been wanting to do? Why don't you go do it? And I'd love to hear if there are things that you've been wanting to do that you decided to make so easy that you first of all really wanted personally, it wasn't a should, you make it your own and you make it easy. And I will let you know how my decluttering goal is coming along. It's on my calendar. I'm going to do it Friday when this comes out. (laughs) And I hope you all will continue to just work on loving yourself. And that this February 14th, I guess that's Sunday, you'll have a happy Valentine's Day. All right, everybody. Have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening.